Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mr. I am Mr. Pierre, and I am joined by a former colleague, a person who I've known for many, many moons and many, many years, uh, the one and only Meg Colley. Meg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Same, same, same. You are one of the oldest, let me not say oldest, but longest knowing uh, teachers that I've had on the pod. We've gone back... Ooh, this is like 10 years, if not more. I think it's 10 years, yeah. Um, have been at this for quite a bit of time. Um, I met you back in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and let me start off by saying, how many years have you been uh, a teacher? Uh, so this, I'm about to enter my 12th year of teaching tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Awesome. So tomorrow is day one for you. It is. It feels like cool. the summer flies by. It, it always does. It always does. It's never long enough. Um, and in regards to um, teaching, what exactly do you teach? So right now I'm currently in the Bristol Public School District in Bristol, Connecticut, and I teach seventh grade language arts. Excellent. Excellent. And what, what brought you exactly to education? Um, it feels, doesn't it feel like we started just yesterday, Willie? Um, it does. So I started my teaching career in New Haven, Connecticut um, at Elm State College Prep with you. And that was 12 years ago. I started right out of college. I did Teach for America. Um, I think my journey started maybe my junior year of college. I was an English major, a little unsure of what direction I wanted to go. And my mom's best friend is actually a longtime principal. She just retired this year. And she, um, I had some days open in my schedule. So I would go to her school um, in Quincy, Massachusetts, and I would pull small groups for math. And I just realized, like, I loved it. Like the atmosphere, the kids, um, you know, just the commu like community I could see in adults. And I said, like, you know, if I'm thinking about a job and I'm thinking about work, like this is where I wanted to be. I'd always loved kids. I'd done camps. I had babysat, but I could actually starting to see a career. And then I started, you know, my last few years of college, I started volunteering a little more in the Boston area with tutoring. Um, and I applied to Teach for America and the rest is history. Awesome. Awesome. And thinking about your journey, thinking about where you are now, if you could go back, you know, send yourself a, a note, a message, um, just knowing what you know now and what you've been through in these 12 years now, what would be something that you would tell your younger self Yeah, I don't in know regards if to, in regards to like the career of, of education? Yeah. I don't know if it'd be a note. It might be more of like an encyclopedia, a book, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a U-Haul full of ideas that I could send back there. Um, there are so many things, so many positive things. And I think some things to look out for. I think the biggest thing is you can give all of your professional self to a career, which doesn't have to be the same thing as giving uh, your whole self. And mm. so I think it took me a while to find that balance. Like I do believe teachers and, and everyone need to be dedicated, need to love what they do, need to love the kids and the community uh, and the school. But giving all of your professional self doesn't mean all of yourself. I think there was a time when burnout was serious and I finally found some of that balance. Mm. Now, you knowing you and, and me knowing me, because this is a question that I've, I've asked guests a lot. I know my younger self. I couldn't tell me anything. Um, <laughs> thinking about the Wooly who worked with you, I just remember you, Dennis Lubin, those first couple of years. And even um, 
Aaron and, and Karen telling me like, you got to go home. Like, and so knowing what, you know, like what would have been the thing that you would have said or could have written to yourself to tell you like, yo, you don't have to go 24 seven all the time. Um, because I'm sure there are those who are listening, like they don't understand those old fogies. Like that was a different time. We're now in the post COVID. Like what, what could have been those words of wisdom that yeah, hopefully I, would have reached. Yeah. I, we were there late, weren't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think there are a few things. I, I think in your early years of teaching, it is, I'm not, I'm not advocating for any young teacher to be staying late, to be, to be there all hours, definitely take care of yourself, but you get better, right? Something I would tell young teachers is, is you get better, right? You get better at the lesson planning, you get better at the grading, you get better at time management. So there's a learning curve. And I don't think that would have changed for, for any reason. And I think that's true of a lot of professions, right? Um, but I think I would tell them like, you have tomorrow right? Your kids are going to be in your class tomorrow. You have tomorrow because I think a lot of what kept, you know, kept on me or kept me there is the emotional sense of like, oh, did I mess up today? Did I let the kids mm-hmm. down today? Did I, you know, this didn't go right. This didn't go right. And, and if someone had just kind of, you know, and I think people did, <laughs> a lot of the older, <laughs> wonderful people did. Um, but like you said, it's hard to hear at that time, but saying, like, yeah. hey, guess what? Those same 30 kids are going to be sitting in front of you tomorrow and you can try again. Um, and I would also tell everyone that you don't have to grade everything. <laughs> um, but I think the big thing is like you have tomorrow, you are, if you are giving your best and trying your all, like get that feedback, find someone you can trust. Um, and that's in it with you. And you know, work on growing and work on getting more efficient and stronger, but you have tomorrow, you have the same kids will be there the next day. I love, I love that you have tomorrow because it's true. You're not going to finish everything. I know RG used to tell me like 80% is good. 80% is good. If you're able to finish and accomplish 80% of what you have on your to-do list for the day, whether it be grading, whether it be writing the pausing notes, whether it be calling home, whatever it is, if you can do 80%, Tomorrow you'll be able to do another 80% in, in knowing that you're not going to like bridge that chasm within a week or within a month or a trimester. Yeah. You have tomorrow is a, is a, is a great, uh, a great gem to hopefully folks are, are going to pick up. And I think um, that to-do list becomes more focused, right? As, yeah. as, you through, as you realize five posi calls, three calls home, seating charts, grading, that's not a, yeah. that's not a today to-do list. And yeah start to figure out what what really is going to make the impact in that moment. And once you kind of can fine tune that to-do list, uh, things start to kind of fall into place, I think. As a veteran teacher, how do you assist, support those new teachers who are at your school, who are tomorrow thinking like they've got 101 things going through their brains tonight. They're not going to sleep well because they've got the first day of school jitters. Um, what are you going to look to do tomorrow to ensure like, Hey, maybe one person who's new, (laughs) they don't pull all the hair out. (laughs) I think it's about learning. You know, I think it's about prioritizing, asking. I think really when like trying to ask the teacher, like what is truly going on and what do you want to be going on? And Mm. where's the gap between what you, what your vision is and what's happening? Um, Because you have, as teachers, we have, a hundred messages, a thousand messages 
coming at us from all directions, you know, from inside your school, from your district, from the media, from parents, from family, you know, and it's, and all of those things can be great things and might eventually be great for you in your classroom. But I think when you step back and say like, really like what is happening? What do I know is happening day to day? What do I want to be happening day to day? And then you can start prioritizing that list. Maybe it's a few relationships with students are falling apart and that's what we need to prioritize now to get everyone back on track. Maybe you're struggling with content and it's taking up a lot of your mental capacity. Let's sit down here and see what we can parse out for the week. Uh, maybe it's about time management and grading and the things that kind of have to happen outside of the classroom. But I think the first thing is like to identify that gap um, because otherwise you'll be trying to fix everything and then nothing, nothing can get done. That's great. That's great. Recognize what's the priority, what's truly a priority for that teacher and then assist and support where you can. Awesome. Awesome. Um, knowing that, well, let me ask, is the population of kiddos that you're serving in Bristol uh, similar to the kiddos who were in New Haven, or is it a, a bit different? Knowing that kids are kids, no matter where you are. <laughs> seventh graders always seem to be like seventh graders. Uh, the demographics are a little different. I would say, um, so Bristol, the breakdown is about, if I'm right at my school, it's about 33% Hispanic Latino, uh, about 15% African American Black. Um, I'm trying to do math in my head. I know you're a math teacher, so I'm trying to catch <laughs> That's me. 48, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's about 35, 40% white, and then 10% Southeast Asian or um, other identifying groups of students. Okay. So I would say slightly more diverse than we had at, at Elm City in the meaning of diverse. Cool, cool, cool. And with, with the team of seventh grade, other seventh grade teachers, um, what's that look like in relation to the population of kiddos that you serve? Do they mirror, does the, does the. No. So no. I think that's one thing that Bristol's talking about. Um, and I do appreciate that the conversation is on the table. Um, the school, I would say the, I don't know exact breakdown, but it feels very majority white at our school mm -hmm. um, in okay. terms of the teaching population. So is that's something we talked about. Oh, my bad. Hmm. I was going to ask, um, are they veteran teachers? Or is it a, a balance of it is a, it's interesting because being here for the, my third year, it feels like I'm finally going to start to meet people at our school um, because the first year was very, you know, COVID uh, protocols were in place. Yeah. And so this is the, we are very, um, so we have about a hundred staff members, um, if I'm right. We just opened a new school in Bristol, so some of the numbers have shifted. Um, but there's around, I think, maybe now 70 to 100 uh, staff members, and we're split up on teams. And so it very, feels very, like, uh, team-based at my school. And okay. I, they have all been teaching for, on my team, they've all been teaching for over 40, for 30 years. So wow. I'm, I'm the baby on the team. Um, wow. 12 years is, is the baby. <laughs> Um, but I do, there are a lot of newer and younger staff members in the school. I'm just not exactly sure of the breakdown, but okay. there's definitely okay. What's that like for you? Because we, I, you were, at least when we were at Elm City, we were, we were the old heads. Like we would see year after year with that one or two new teacher come through. And so now to have 12 years underneath your belt and that be yeah. <laughs> the baby, what's that like? 
it's part of the reason I wanted I wanted to go into a public school district. Um, so for people who don't know, I worked at a charter school for nine years, um, which I loved the kids in the community. But part of the, you know, one thing is at year 10, feeling like a veteran veteran, I knew there was like a lot more out there I could learn from. Yeah. Um, and learning from your colleagues and your peers, I think, in the teaching career is one of the best ways to learn. So it is something I actively sought out. Um, it's been really awesome. I think, Good. you know, my the science teacher on my team, she's been teaching, yeah, I think for about 30 years now, and I learn something from her every day. Just even walking into her class, the way she communicates, the, you know, kids love her and have loved her for so many years. And it's just, it's small things, right? At this point in 12, like, I feel like I got the curriculum. I have, you know, behavior management. There's no better place to learn behavior management for good or bad um, city. Um, Talk about it. But, yeah, but it's, it's really small things and in really small ways and ways which she cares for the kids and she sees things and just projects she does or ideas that she has. She has so much institutional out that all the teachers on my team do. Um, so it's been really awesome learning from them. They still make me be the great team leader because they don't want, you know, at 30 years, you're done with those small things. So I'm still the great team leader. There. <laughs> um, but instead of be, being big, big, Instead of it being because of experience, it's experience in the reverse ways. They've done there, been there, done that, don't want to do it anymore. And so it's been really interesting in a great way. Awesome. Awesome. One of the things I remember we had a lot um, back in the day was the joy and looking actively for joy. Like, what could we do to infuse joy in the curriculum? What could we do to infuse joy with our kiddos? What, whether it be those positive notes, whether it be the call homes, just the Google spreadsheets of like month one is going to be look for this thing. Month two is going to be look for this thing. Um, what is bringing you joy at the moment? Um, in school or in life or both mix of us? All of it. However you wish to respond. Well, the beach always brings me joy. So personally, I got a lot of time in there. I feel like I filled up on my sun and my ocean, um, and I'm bringing that calmness into the year. Um, but I think what's bringing me joy is um, as a climate, we have a climate team at school, um, and something that we really worked very purposefully on this year in like on a dual way is to enhance adult culture. I truly believe that adult culture is a driving force of success in the school, um, but also to really get the community more involved. So we put things on the calendar from the start to get families, to get community at our school, to help showcase some of the awesome things our students are doing, and just to be with each other, right? When you mm -hmm. develop those relationships, both with students and with families, you in joyous ways with movies, with, you know, we have glow basketball where we just playing games. And I think it's a moment where we can step out and say like, we're all here for the same reason. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that this year in school. Awesome. 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 You being a lover of books and writing, are there any books that you've read or have read that you would highly recommend either for, for leisure or professional lives? Um, so I just finished The House on the Cerulean Sea, um, and it was awesome. It is – I'm not super into, the, like, the fantastical world. It, like, kind of tugged on my old Harry Potter heartstrings from when I was younger. Um, okay. But it definitely has, like, a – it takes place in a very pro-LGBTQ world. Um, and I'm trying to see – 
I'm trying to get uh, this summer, trying to get as many books to represent as like many kids and voices and stories that are in my classroom as possible. So that's definitely one I read that I'll be bringing to school. Um, and then we, I just read um, Not Not Your Princess. Um, it's a story of Native American women. Um, I'm trying to get more Native voices into my classroom. So in terms of like actual curriculum, it's a mm -hmm. collection of short stories and art and poems. And um, my co-teacher and I are going to add uh, three of those stories into our first unit uh, for school. So some of the research and background and history on that. And I'm really pumped about that. Dope, dope, dope. Um, thinking of, we're just coming off of summer. We all have our summer playlists. Is there a mini playlist from Meg Colley? And what would be on that playlist? I knew you were going to ask this, and I've, this is the one I've been stressed the most about because everyone <laughs> my terrible taste in music. I just am so bad at, like, I go from, like, Fleetwood Mac back to Harry Styles and, like, the new Beyonce soundtrack just kind of in repeat those three. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with Beyonce. Fleetwood Mac <laughs> is a classic, and Harry, we all... I personally am uh, particular to him and the other guys together in, in terms of 1D. But if you love him by himself, that's that's not, I can't be mad at that at all. I want to see a Harry Styles on your whiteboard this year. <laughs> will do, <laughs> will do. That's my personal request. <laughs> Alrighty. So Harry Styles will be coming up on the whiteboard sometime this year. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, Meg Holly, I am so happy that you could come through on the pod. So happy to be able to chat with you. I'm sure that this will happen again. Uh, I'm very interested to hear like what uh, you're about and how, in particular, how you just mentioned not your princess in terms of indigenous and native voices is something that uh, I think is is dope, and would definitely love to hear and see how that goes. So, um, I am Mr. Pierre. She is Meg Holly. Um, and this has been another dope, dope episode of the Chronicles of Mister. One thing I think a gem in terms of listening to this particular episode that Meg dropped was that you have tomorrow. Any teacher who's listening, know that you will not be able to complete every single thing, nor should you be trying to complete every single thing. It's just not humanly possible. You have tomorrow. <laughs> if you're able to finish 80% today, you have one. That's a win. Take it. Pat yourself on the shoulder. Brush your shoulder off. You did well. And thank you very much for listening to this episode and we'll catch you on the next one.